Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We're discussing the gates of prayer. We're on part two of Korbanot, and I'm leaving exactly off where we left off of what is the message of bringing the Korban, and we're talking about the idea of giving gifts. There's practical gifts, and then there's gifts that show your feelings. So let's drill down deeper in understanding gifts that show your feelings, and there's different types of gifts that will show different types of feelings. So let's say, for example, you give a diamond to someone. That definitely expresses your love uh, because you're willing to give them any amount of money because diamond is expensive. So you're saying, you know, for you, dear, all the money in the world, you're worth. It's worth it for me to spend a lot of money on you. Flowers, something that grows, expresses that our love is growing. When you bring a Corbin and you slaughter it, that's an expression of love until you're willing to give up your life. That's a big difference. That is what Kurban is, right? Kurban yeah, is yes, that's an expression. Yeah. We'll see exactly. And therefore, a Corbin is only a gift that's appropriate to God. Okay. There's no king in the world. You go to a, a flesh and blood king. Look, I'm going to slaughter an animal before you. <laughs> what does he need that for? When you sacrifice an animal, the person is expressing as if he is spilling his own blood out for love for Hashem. And that's why bringing korbanos is one of the most important mitzvahs that exists. Because there's nowhere else in the Torah such, an ex, such a great expression like Korbanos where the mitzvah is expressing that you're prepared to spill your blood for Hashem. But there is a certain limitation here that's very important to know. The prophet says, uh, Shmuel Hanavi, when he castigates Shoal for not killing out all the Amalekim and, and some of the animals because he wants to bring for offerings. So Shmuel says, does Hashem want burnt offerings and sacrifices as opposed to listening to his voice? If you listen, that's better than a korban. Much better. So we have to understand. What does that mean? How come let's say mitzvah, shofar, matzah, tefillah, we don't find this same expression. It seems that even if a person's a sinner, the mitzvah does helps. You're a sinner and you put on tefillin. You still get credit for tefillin. It seems if you're a sinner and you bring a korban, you don't get credit for the korban. So why is this? So we have to give a marshal. And this marshal explains it very nicely. Let's say your wife tells you to go to the store and to buy a number of items she needs in order to cook for shops. She gives you a list, 10 things. And you know how it is for a guy to go to the store. You have to look for it. You don't know where it is. You gotta ask, you're embarrassed to ask because men can never show they don't know everything. So as you go into Sobeys, because I don't wanna do this. But right when you walk in, there's the floral shop. Says, I'm smart. I'm gonna buy nice flowers. And I'll come home and give it to my wife. Now, that's one guy. Another guy, he buys the 10 items. 
And he buys flowers for his wife also. Okay. So the second guy, he said, okay, I done the shopping. Oh, thank you so much. And I brought you flowers. Oh, oh, that's really nice. That's really nice. The other husband says, I'm home. Yeah. Oh, here's flowers. Oh, really? Where's the uh, things I told you to get? Oh, um, I, 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 it's too hard for me to do. Whoa, what you gonna do with those flowers? Probably throw it back in your face. You didn't do what I asked you to do. If you don't do what I ask you to do, I don't need you to do things. That flowers is nice, but it's much more important you do what I need you to do. So obviously, it's the same thing. Bringing Hashem a Corbin is like flowers. But if you're not doing what he tells you to do, what does he need your flowers for? It's like you're lying. What's the flower? The flower is, God, I'm ready to shed blood, my own blood for you. Really? So how come you couldn't put on Tefillin this morning? How come you spoke Lush and Horror this morning? Oh, that's too hard. What do you mean it's too hard? You just said you really just spilled blood for me. So that that is like a self-contradiction within a Corbin. It's bringing the flowers without bringing the rest of the stuff from the store. So let's say, so let's say when a person does an Avera, there's an Avera, even if it's unintentionally, and worse if it's intentional, it's really hard to get appeasement for sinning against Hashem. Really, if you if you fail in your mission to the King of all kings, you should you should be killed. So what do you do? What do you do? You express a gift that Mamish says that you know I deserve to get killed, and in the future I will try to be better and 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 and, and be willing to sacrifice for you. Okay, that's the simple meaning and that's the deeper meaning of the Ramban, where he says, very simple, what's happening to the animal should be happening to me. Right, now, of course, so now when you're doing tshuva, and you're saying, I'm sorry, and I won't do it again, and in the future, I'll be willing to spill my blood for you. Okay, now if you do tshuva, that's good. But if you don't do tshuva, that means I'm bringing the Corbin, but you're not doing tshuva. So then what, is, what does he care to get the, the Corbin? Now, this is true. Now, of course, there was a question. People asked on the Ramban, well, that's a very good explanation for a Corbin Chatos. How about a Corbin Shlomim? When you don't sin, what's the explanation? So the answer is the same thing. Even when I don't sin, I can still just give flowers. I don't do any Averis. So I shouldn't give God flowers? You listen to your wife. You you do what she tells you to do. So that means you shouldn't bring flowers. You can bring flowers. So, so like a Corbin Shlomim is, is like flowers without even a sin. So when you do a sin, you want to make up with your wife, you bring flowers. But you better darn well say, and I'm really sorry, and I won't do it again. But if you if while you buy the flowers, you're already not listening to her. Oh, then you're in major trouble. Now, this now explains also, so that's the animal offering. Well, what if you're not so rich and you only can bring a mincha offering, a flower offering? So where's the sacrifice there? The answer is a flower offering is made from wheat and flour. Now, what do we know about that? Well, that grain is the staff of life. 
people live on bread. So as the animal is the expression of the wealthy man who can spend a lot of money showing his love to Hashem, the mincha is the expression from the poor man for man cannot live on bread alone. So that's also expression of insiris nefesh. I mean, you're willing to say, all I have is bread and I need the bread and I, I'd be willing to give all the bread in the world. Even if it meant I would starve to death. So the poor man can't offer the animal. He can't offer his blood, but he can offer his food, which is tantamount to his life. So therefore, each one in their way is able to express what they're prepared to give up to Tashem. Okay, that is a, a nice explanation of the Rambam. But now Rav Pincus takes this deeper. He says, we live in a world of darkness, a world where a person can live 80 years and not know that there's a creator of the world. And he says, that is like such a shocking thing that's so not understandable. But that's how Hashem created the world. There are people who can live their entire lives and not believe it's a creator. They see a full world. They see millions and billions of stars. They see the whole world of physics that works really well. The sun, it works on clockwork. Uh, your, your body parts work. And uh, when someone asks them, how do they all work like this? Like, how's that all happening? He says, kaha, that's the way it is. I don't go into any deep explanations. That's the way the world is, and that's the way the world is. I don't, I don't care to investigate. What does the Rambam call such a person? A behemoth. An animal. Let's see what the Rambam says in Morin of We're still not there yet. Chapter 51. We're only 17 chapters away. That'll be probably a couple months away. Right? We're learning now in the Marin of Uchem. If you want to learn about metaphysics, to know what, what Hashem you know, really is as much as we can. So in chapter 51, it says this, any human being who does not believe in God. So these people are like animals that don't speak. And they are, not, as far as I'm concerned, they're not on the level of humans. And their level is found below that of humans and above monkeys. So therefore, uh, to, to, uh, to understand the world without it being connected to Hashem, without seeing the soul of the world, that everything in the world is screaming out God. That means to live like a behemoth without any intellect at all. That's what Rambam says. So, so does a non-Jew who believes in God rise to a higher level? No, you, you're, you're a level of a human. That's what I'm saying. They're rising <laughs> to a higher level than it, an animal. He's Even a human. Even if they're a non-Jew. Yes. Because they believe in God and they believe in a creator. If you believe there's a creator and God and all these things, you're not an animal. Right. You're not an animal. Sure. So now what, is it, what does it mean to be called a human? It's the next thing where Pincus discusses. The human being has blood like an animal, has a lot of organs like an animal, but he recognizes there's a creator. The human being can sing songs of God. He can speak words of Torah and prayer, but speaking words of nonsense only 
like politics or things like that, that's not called speech. That's, you know, like a bird's tweet. A cow goes, moo. Okay. So what does it mean to be a speaker? A speaker is hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah. So it could be non-Jews. So that's a pretty popular song this time of year, I think, for the non-Jews. Hallelujah. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not a Bucky in their songs. I don't know if it's 100% just Jesus or maybe, but if it's God. No, it's Jenny wrote Cohen, that song, Leonard Cohen. Cohen. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So, so, that, so, so, so that, that's the understanding. Human being is to use your brains and to understand there is a God that should be praised for what he does. That, that's all. Now, even if you sin against that God, that could be because you have weakness. You have a character flaws you're not working on. That's fine. So you're a human being, you're a destructive human being. Your human being is making mistakes, but at least you're above an animal. Now, when a person brings a Corbin, a behema, that's an expression, like we said, of like the gem or the flowers. So now the animal expresses all your body parts that you have and all your strength, right? And, uh, and, and and every aspect that you have. Now, if you're gonna do Averis, but you don't have any Seho, then, then you're in trouble, right? So, so it won't help to bring it if you're not using your Seho that makes you different than an animal. So when we sin, that expresses a world without God a world that is removed from Seichel at the moment that you sin. And that's not, and at that point, temporarily, you're not a human. At that point of sinning, where you know this is not what God wants, then you lose that humanity, and the Korban is to take the animal, the reason of the sin, because we're acting like an animal, too physical, and we slaughter it, and we nullify it on the Korban out of our love for Hashem, and we're doing Teshuvah. So even when you sin, that's a, it, like uh, Gamora says, nobody sins unless a spirit of insanity has gone into them. Are we going to say an insane person as a person? No. So you acted like a behemoth, but hopefully it's only temporary. And the Corbin will get you back on uh, task. So this is all focusing on the remez part that the Rambam says about bringing the Corbin. That's the remez part. It's part number one. Now, second part of the Rambam, he says, based on truth, Kabbalistic. He says, what do we say about a korban? It's called an ishe. What is ishe? It's from the word ish, fire. So he says, this is a hint that a person, when he brings a korban, okay, he's not just bringing it for the sake of Elohim or another name of Hashem. But he's only doing for the unique name of yud Hey vav Hey, And that's all, and that's it, Ramban. So I don't know what he's talking about. No idea what he's talking about. Thank God for the Vilna Gon, who adds a little bit, that gives us some understanding of what this Ramban means. And he says like this. He says, everything in the beginning is water, 
and at the end, it gets finished with fire. Okay, he says, for example, in the physical world, fire is what causes things to be cooked and to finally become finished off. And that's how things eventually cease to exist. And everything comes back to its source. And and Ramon says, and that's the secret of a Corbin being called Lachmi Le'ishai, my bread and my fire. Pretty cryptic, but at least gives us an opportunity to squeeze in what this means. Let me just finish this first. So what is this, what is this gross explanation of the Ramban saying? We know there are four basic elements, fire, wind, water, and earth. The property of fire is to bring all of matter to its purpose of creation. Because what does fire do? It changes mass into energy. Mass alone isn't very useful. Any type of mass, just sitting around, when you turn it into energy, that's the end of the mass per se, but it now becomes energy. Okay, and when it gets to that source of energy, now it's gone to its source and it's completed its task. And that's why fire defies gravity, goes up. Because it brings everything to its source, which is Hashem. It burns all the barriers and elevates everything to its source of all source, breaking down the physicality and returning it to its source. Even water evaporates through fire and goes back to its roots up in the heavens. And this is the idea of burning a carbon. Okay, now, when a person sins, he creates a great barrier between him and Hashem. Because when you sin, it, as, as it were, it, it shows that uh, there is, uh, God forbid, something outside of God's control. You're listening to something else other than Hashem. It's like there's something else that exists besides God. So you want to return the closest to Hashem. The thing that bonds us to the higher realm is fire because its nature is to bring things back up to its source. So we take the animal, which is the grossest expression of physicality of the person, and we burn it and we elevate its body, the animal's body, to the source. We attach the body to the spirit and bound up the physical with its source of all source. As the Ramban says, that the purpose of the Corbin is to connect the creation or the human being, the sinner, to its source, to the Shem Havaya Yud Hei Vav Hei. Yud Hei Vav Hei means Hashem is the source of all existence. So how do we get to that point? Totally nullifying ourselves. The animal's burnt up, and what goes up? Just, in other words, fire consumes something into its reality. When you burn something, the, the fire doesn't just destroy it, it gets taken into the fire's reality and makes the fire even bigger. So what we're trying to show is that we are really very much connected to Hashem like any item that's put in a fire. So on the one hand, the simple meaning is you're willing to sacrifice for Hashem. True. But we want to meld it into the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, yeah, you got a question? Yes, so I'm just thinking that why are we not burned after death? Why are we buried then? Because why we don't burn, we don't cremate ourselves? Because the body, the human body, was a vessel for lots of holiness. 
The animal was not. The human body carried a divine soul in it. Right? And we want that human body to be resurrected. So we, so to speak, plant it in the ground. So it will sprout when, when Mashiach comes. We don't want to get rid of that body. That body is important. The animal, we don't need this animal. The animal doesn't have any particular holiness, divine holiness. It's just meant to return back to its creator. That's it. Doesn't have any more job. Doesn't have an eternal value. But the human being does. The Jew has an eternal value. Not only the soul, but the body. Right? This is where paganism went off the rails. Christianity goes off the rails. They start, you know, they go crazy. They burn their children. Oh, we elevate them to God, right? They burn Jews at the stake to, uh, against their will, elevate us, so to speak. But that's not what Hashem wants. He doesn't want to burn people. He wants us to live. He wants us to burn the animalistic part of ourselves away, to elevate the animalistic part of ourselves back to Hashem. Disrespectful to burn bodies. What? It's disrespectful to burn a body. It's very disrespectful to burn a body. The body was the housing unit of the soul and the body is eternal and when you when the body dies we plant it into the ground and when Mashiach comes you're going to have a better body than you have before when you burn it what are you saying it has no it's worth nothing what do you mean a body is not the body is, is also the Tselem Elohim an animal is not a Tselem Elohim a human is a Tselem Elohim you burn the Tselem Elohim? You burn God in effigy? That would be, when you burn a human being, it's like burning God in effigy. You never do such a thing. An animal is not the Tselem Elohim. Something to worry about that. Okay, let's see if we can get one more part in this. The rabbis say when the Beis Amigdash existed, we had an altar that brought atonement for a person. Now, we don't have a Beis Amigdash. Our table is an atonement for us. So many of the early rabbis explain what this means. How is the table in atonement? Through our eating. Because how, how does that explain? It's similar to korbanos. We take a piece of meat. What do we do with the meat? We chew it up. We grind it up into small little pieces. We break it up until it gets absorbed in our bodies. It now gets absorbed and elevated to the level of a human being. Same with bread. And when we eat it, we elevate that which grows to the element to the level of a human being. And you and it's definitely an elevation for the plant and for the animal. And that is a, a, an elevation for them because the animal itself has no connection to Hashem. It has no intellect, no seichel, no amuna. So therefore, we are uh, connecting it to Hashem. When I take the animal and say, Baruch Hashem, you eat the meat, basically I'm offering this very important korban that it wasn't uh, merely for, for eating, but it was to keep the world going. But from the wording of the rabbis, it says, but when the Beis HaMedash existed, the Mizbeach was Mechaper and not our table. What that means that a Corbin has a much deeper expression than just nullifying to Hashem. 
because uh, in the place of taking the animal and just cutting it up and putting it into a person, we take the animal, cut it up, and bring it on the Mizbeach Hashem, which is a much more significant uh, understanding to take the physical world and all its darkness and all its concealment of the honor of Hashem to break it up into pieces, to burn it and to nullify it totally before the Yichud of Hashem in that place of Yichud, which is the base of Mikdash. And that's what it means, Laha'alos, to elevate a behemoth by being a Korban. So therefore, a person wants to elevate himself and get closer to Hashem. Therefore, he takes that animal that has a certain life, he slaughters it on the Mizbech as his expression that uh, that this uh, that this world itself, our whole physical, really has no existential existence. And that's why it says, Ola Reich Nichach, an elevation, which is a pleasant smell. It's an expression of closeness to Hashem. And this is the only mitzvah that really is engaged with the concept of life. Where else you have a living thing that's an object of your mitzvah? We're dealing with feelings and that express in action a total nullification for God until the point of spilling my own blood. Mamish. And that w- that's what the person's expressing at these feelings. And in that point, the service in the base of Mikdush, think about this. If you're a Kohen in the base of Mikdush, you put in a day of work in the base of Mikdush. Kohen will be there for a week. Do you think the Kohen who comes in on Shabbos and a week later who leaves on Shabbos, is he the same coin? Hope not. Because if he's the same coin he walked in, then he's just like a behemoth. Didn't make any effect on him. So really the animal didn't really do anything on the Mizbeach. But really something more happened because not only does Hashem consume the Corbin, the coin consumes the korban. The korban is a part of him. So now the coin has to be an uplifted person because the animal was elevated to Hashem is elevated to the coin itself. The coin is the arbiter of elevating the physical world. And if you're really doing it sincerely, shouldn't you be elevated by that? So what would be an example for us? We don't eat korbanos. Anyone we eat supper, it's hard to understand all that. But let's say you're going to a Torah class. You're going into the shul. You're you're davening. There's a kedusha found in this place. It should make an impact on you. So if you, let's say, you're going to daven before supper. Let's say that's when your time for marv is. You down Marv, and then you go to supper, and you just wolf down supper like you always do. Then the, no change came to you. You're the same behemoth. There's no feelings of ain old novado. The whole point of the corpus is ain old novado. Nothing exists on Hashem. When something is brought in, in, in towards Hashem, it gets all consumed before Hashem. So now when you're doing, when you now walk out of this ministry, you should be all consumed before Hashem, not to die. But for the mysterious nevis, your wants, you're giving them over to Hashem. And that's the and that's the whole point. 
When we have a regal, we have a holiday, every Jew had to go to Yerushalayim and to bring a korban, regardless if you sinned or not. And to, and every Jew consumes a korban shlomim. You consume part of that animal in Yerushalayim, in that holy area, to realize that I'm elevating this animal and I should be elevating myself and breaking down the barriers to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because everything at the end of the day gets consumed and returns back to Hashem. And with this, I'm going to try to squeeze this all in, why this part of Karbanos fits right here, but in Birchus HaShachar and Pesukah DeZirma. It was at Birchus HaShachar, I'm recognizing who I am. And what I have to be grateful for, for the physical world. I'm in the physical world, I have to understand who I am and how to be appreciated. Pesukah DeZirma, we're trying to sing praises of Hashem, offering them to Hashem, and we're hoping to bring great energies from Hashem. So Korbanos is the bridge between the two. I, I thank Hashem that I have a body and that I can walk and all these things. This is who I am. I appreciate who I am. I'm about to sing amazing songs to Akash Baruch I'm going to uplift and bring things up to Hashem. But I first have to be prepared to be moisture nefesh. And nowadays, you know what the biggest mysterious nefesh is for us weak people? To be in a shul for an hour and talk to Hashem, I was killing people. It's so hard. I don't understand. I'm not criticizing anybody. It's so hard to be in this world where you're given 30-second sound bites. And it's hard to be focused for more than two minutes. To now sit for an hour and talk to Hashem. Do you know what kind of a serious nefesh it needs? So that's the whole point. So we say the korbanos. We say, you know, if we had a base of English, I'd be bringing korbanos. Well, what does that mean I bring korbanos? Hashem says, I don't want your korbanos and not your actions. Don't fool me. You give me presents? Are you going to go to the store and pick up what I want? Uh, when do you go to the store and pick up what I want? That's specific to zebra. Yeah, I'm a human being. Fine. What am I going to do with all this humanness of myself? Hopefully, I'm going to take it all and sing praises to Hashem. I'm going to be an autumn. You think it's easy to just say you're going to be an autumn? <laughs> you got to do things to show you're an autumn. So when you say the Pesukah Zimra, at least, if you, even if you're only saying the Korban Talmud, you at least, or any particular Korban Shlom or whatever, say, this is what I would have given, and this is what my true feelings are. And I wish Hashem, and as we say, it should be considered as if I brought the Korban, which means I'm committed to sacrificing myself. So how are you going to commit yourself to sacrifice? All the gifts that Hashem gave me, the gift of sight, the gift of hearing, all these things. I'm going to use them all to express my praise of Hashem that I'm able to, my antennae of my physical stimulus gets me to praise Hashem. But if I'm not prepared to commit myself and my blood, flesh and blood and my food and everything, for Hashem, and what kind of praises am I even going to make? That's why we have to say Korbanos. Tomorrow, Mir Hashem will go to the Ketores offering, which is just as many pages as the Korbanos. Okay, Shkoyach, everybody. Yes, incensed. Exactly.